Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. Thank you for joining us today as we are continuing with the nature sessions, focusing on how God reveals himself through the created world, through the things that he has made that we can see. We can see more of who he is, even though he is invisible. The podcast is all about how we face hardships in life and that God is good even in the midst of it. And when we focus on things outside of ourselves, sometimes it helps us to realize how small we are and how big God is and that he is good even when our circumstances that we face are difficult, even when things are not going the way that we want them to, even when our soul, our heart, our body, when everything is falling apart, we know that he is in control of all things. If he can control the world, he can control our lives. We are all in his hands. And we know that No one is without excuse because of how God reveals himself in nature, that he has made it very plain and clear that he is good, that he is the creator, and that he is to be worshipped. Everything that the world is points to how majestic he is. And in Romans 11.36, it says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And we've done a few different things in nature, such as the sun, grass, clouds, the ocean. And today we're talking about rain. Rain is very important in our world because it brings water to the ground so that the plants can grow. Plants need sunlight, they need soil, they need water to grow. And rain comes from the heavens, it comes from the sky. It doesn't just like magically appear It is formed through the clouds, and then it rains on the earth, and then the water actually cycles. So the water never disappears or appears. It's always existing. It's just in different forms. It comes from the clouds. It rains down the earth. And then we have we eat the plants, animals eat the plants, and the water gets recycled through and through and through. So the water never disappears. It just changes form. And what we can see is first of all, we know that God is sovereign over all, which means he is sovereign over the rain. And we can see that throughout the Bible too. And there's an example actually of Elijah, who's a prophet in the Old Testament. And he prayed that it would not rain and it did not. And then it actually didn't rain on the land for three and a half years, as it says in James 5 verses um, 13 through 18, talking about how the power of prayer. And uh, it says that Elijah was a human being even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So God is over the rain. And the rain is symbolic in a way, too, of it showing how God's word works, uh, that God speaks things into existence, and that he accomplishes the things that he says. He doesn't just speak it, and it doesn't happen. He speaks it, and then it is achieved. In Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11, it says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So he doesn't just speak and nothing happens. He speaks and he acts. I remember sometimes when I read the Old Testament when I was younger, I would get kind of I don't know if annoyed is the right word, but sometimes God would say like, this is what's going to happen. 
And then and a few verses later, like it would happen. So it would kind of say the same thing twice. And I was like, okay, why don't you just tell us that the thing happened? Well, it's showing us that God speaks and then it happens. That God says, this is going to occur and I know it's going to occur and I'm letting you know now. And then it does occur just as he says. In the same way, his word goes out and it accomplishes what he desires and achieves the purpose for which he sends it. He doesn't just speak empty words. In the beginning, the world is created because he speaks. He says, let there be light. And there was light. And in John 1, we see that his word was sent from on high. It was always existing, just like the rain is sent from on high. And it comes to the earth. Jesus is the word and he was sent from the heavens to earth to achieve the purposes that God had for him. So John 1 verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So this is Jesus. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. John the Baptist wasn't the light. He came only as a witness to the light, to witness about Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The world only exists because of Jesus, but the the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So just as the rain comes from the heavens and waters the earth, Jesus came from the heavens and came to satisfy us, came to give us life, came to give us all that we need. Water is always in existence. It doesn't disappear and reappear. In the same way, Jesus has always existed from before the beginning of time, and he came to us from the heavens to the earth, just like the rain. The Bible also talks about rain and being patient. In James 5, 7-8, it says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. So we are to be patient, just as a farmer waits patiently for the rain to come and bring rain for the crops. And we also see in... Genesis 7, when it rained for the flood, God told Noah there was going to be a flood to build an ark and to take the animals and his family with him because he was going to destroy the earth because the earth was full of evil. And in Genesis 7, verses 11 through 12, it says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, And the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. That rain brought the destruction of all the wicked and brought a new beginning, a new life, really, 
through Noah's family and through the animals that were on the ark there. And then also God promised that he would never destroy the earth again uh, with a flood. And that rainbow was the sign of the covenant. And in Matthew 5, verses 43 through 45, God talks about how we are to love our neighbors and to love our enemies because he is merciful, just like we've talked about with the son, that he gives mercy to the righteous and the evil. So it says, starting in verse 43, you have heard it that you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So rain is really a reminder of his provision for us, that he gives us life through the waters, through the rains that come and water the earth to cause plants to grow, to give us fuel for our bodies and for the animals. And rain is really a blessing. Back in Deuteronomy 11, he's calling the Israelites to remember the ways that he has taken care of them by delivering them out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And he wants them to obey. Remember, you know, that I've taken care of you. I brought you out of this. So obey. And so this is Deuteronomy 11 verses 13 through 21. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish for the, from the good land the Lord is giving you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give, you, give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. So he's promising them that he would give them rain to obey, follow the Lord your God, love him with all your heart and with all your soul, and he will provide rain for your grain, your wine, and your oil. And to not turn away to idols, but to remember his words, to keep them on our minds, to teach them to your children, to bind them on your fingers and on your foreheads and tie them as symbols. In the same way, we are under the new covenant. Jesus has come and he has taken our debt. The wages of sin is death. And he took that for us. He lived the perfect life. He sacrificed for us to deliver us out of the land of slavery, our sin. And we can remember that. And we don't have to make the sacrifices anymore that the Israelites had to. But we still need to remember what God has done for us and follow him with all of our heart and our soul, our mind and our strength. We want to love him and love our neighbor as ourself. And we know that he provides sun on the wicked and the righteous. He provides rain for the righteous and the unrighteous. But may we follow him and love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength, because we know that he is good. Even when things seem out of control, we know 
that he is over all the earth. He is over the sun. He is over the stars and the ocean. He is over the rain and the mountains and everything in between. It all belongs to him. And if he can take care of this world, he can take care of you. He can take care of your situation. Trust him. He has brought you this far. He will continue to take care of you and provide for you. He will bring the rain when it's needed. What he speaks comes into existence. He doesn't speak and not act. He accomplishes what he desires and achieves the purpose for which he sends it. So let us hold on to his promises, for he who promised is faithful. But remember, sometimes our promises that we think he made are not the promises that he's actually made. If you're thinking that he promises that you're going to be rich and that you're going to get married and that you're going to do these dreams that you have in your heart and mind, it's possible that those things will happen. But we need to hold on to the promises that he gives us in his word, the Bible. He tells us that he will never leave us. He tells us that he loves us. He tells us that he's coming back. He tells us that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So those are the promises that we need to hold on to because life is hard and there will be things that come up, but we know that he is good, that his word is true, and that what he speaks will come into action. So let us trust him and his word and let us lean into his word to know what he says so that we know what will come because he does not lie. He doesn't speak and not act. He speaks and accomplishes what he says, just as the rain and snow come down from heaven. So thank you for joining me today on the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. We will be continuing with the nature session. So stay tuned for more hearing about how God shares about his character through this world that he created. If you like what you're listening to, please rate write reviews, share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast for more weekly encouragement. May you have a great week and may the Lord bless you and keep you.